1: Podcast. i'm your host erica lance my co-host today is the amazing valerie willis and our guest today is the oh my gosh we're so lucky to have her on sk kava yes. Woo. Woo. with sexy men in the background and if you yes. were you know, i want my, my friends with me in case you wanted are adorable them.
0: jamal we just and
1: kim okay So I actually, um, like we're going to talk about what we're drinking. Oh, don't forget to like and subscribe because it helps us with ratings and stuff. Okay. Um, So (laughs) I actually found this glass. I love it. It's from the Green Dragon Pub in, um, it's in, out from Alexandria, Virginia. But I, this weekend was at a wedding and I don't know why I hadn't thought of this before, but we're in Tennessee. So we went to the old Tennessee whiskey company Mm -hmm. and I got the moonshine cherries
0: Ooh. And I mixed
1: it with um limeade, so I made cherry limeade, but with moonshine cherries. I love it, but it's great, like a <laughs> boss. So this is, I'm gonna be unconscious soon. It's good. Can now, I
2: continue with the dragon theme? Yeah, with the dragon theme. Yeah. But I'm drinking. Oh,
1: Pacific Rim. Oh, I love that. 70% organic. So Nailed it. I first time I had
2: it, I was in Oregon actually, and um, I'm, I'm I like sweet wines. Um, I don't like wines that are too dry, and um, I forgot like someone else had brought it, and I was like, this is the bomb. So I literally came back here and I like went through all the wine and spirits in all of the Philadelphia area to find this exact one. It just changed the cover. Look, I have two of them next to me because it
0: just changed the. Ooh! She's rolling wine at us.
1: <laughs> I'm I'm not drunk yet. I promise. Um, I was going to say, how much have you had? Oh my gosh! Yeah,
2: this yeah, is the yeah. this was the original cover, and then they just recently put this nice dragon on the cover. So,
1: by yeah. the way, that is literally my favorite wine. I joke about it, it on it? this podcast all the time because it's seventy percent it, um, organic, yeah, and it makes me laugh. Like. The label at Publix it Publix here says 70% organic, and I keep wondering what the other 30% is. It's probably <laughs> glass chips and broken dreams. Who the hell knows what else is in there? Um, Val, what are you drinking?
0: Copaberg, which is one of my favorite cider companies. Uh, cool. I got excited because they have a mixed fruit tropical. Ooh. It is absolutely glorious. I already drunk the four-pack of strawberry lime, which is my favorite flavor from them. So um, here's to, to whatever this ends up being at the end of this podcast. Oh, that's just going to
1: end badly. <laughs> I can already tell you. Um, Such a light uh, So knowing that now, um, <laughs> SK, why don't you tell this lovely audience what you write? So I
2: am... Um, Gosh, what do I write? I am an erotic romance writer. Um, I specialize in gay male romance. So most of my characters are, um, you know, gay men. And, um, but I do write, you know, some, I call, I call them straight stories, but I always say like, even within my straight stories, there's
1: always like some, at least a bi element to it just because. That's very, so what made you decide to go down that path nothing just curious because a lot of um it's amazing to me the amount of people who write male male that <laughs> are female writers yeah 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 oh yeah um so here, <laughs> here's my
2: story it's my oh first, i love stories story. yes um, stories. i'm I've, I've i've always written you know things here and there and um you know, you get older, you start, you know, adulting and doing day, daytime stuff. And, um, you know, you forget, you know, how to do some writing a little bit. But, you know, I, I'm I'm also an avid reader. Um, so my secret is that I actually um, dreamed up a um, romance between, I'm not kidding, Charlie Weasley from Harry Potter. Uh-huh. It's out there. I'll give you the link. Um, yes
1: no you're sending me this link like immediately I am sending you this link. but continue um and yeah so I so this
2: story was in my head and it, I am the kind of person that if a story falls into my head it won't let me go until I write it down and so I started there writing this love story between Charlie Weasley and this ranger that you know was rangering I don't know if that's a word, um, right outside- It can be the, now, uh, we
1: just made it a word. It
2: I just, I just, wrinked it, wrinked it. Um <laughs> right outside of the dragon reserve where um, he works. Now, if you have no idea what I'm talking about, it's the Harry Potter reference. So, um, so I dreamed up the story and then I started writing it and um, I didn't realize how erotic it was going to become, but it did. Because, you know, I kind of said to myself, listen, if I'm going to write it, I'm going going—I'm not going to be black. I'm, I'm just gonna throw it all out there. And uh, and so I did. And when I, it, it took me a couple of years. And so when I finally finished it, I was like, I'm gonna do more of this. And so from there it became the spinoff of um, Jack's story, which is also out there. Um, Jack and Ethan's story, which sweet Irish cream, and then Connor's story came from that because Connor and Jack grew up together, um, and then it just it just kept going from there, it, you know. Um, so that's how that trajectory of MM romance just kind of continues. Um, but then I started writing just other stories, so um, I've been on literatica for. I don't know, maybe since 2020, I've actually been on there longer than actually writing stories on literatica was um, in the beginning of 2020. And I just, um, yeah, I have stories that are in kind of the, you know, regular erotic, I have sex stories, you know, it's just, it's it's something that I just like to do. And, you know, I am uh, <laughs> on literatica I say that, you know, I, I have a respectable day job um, and that's why I have a pen name. And it's just—it's really interesting that you know people that know me are like, "You write that?"
1: (laughs) Um, But I do, and I and I love it. I love it. I think that's fantastic. First of all, I do need to know where that story is, (laughs) but me and Harry Potter are besties. But not a fan of J.K. Rowling's bullshit. I'm just gonna throw that out there. No, none of us. I separate the two situations because. Otherwise, I'd just have to kill her, you know what I mean? Well, and, you know, just
2: so everyone knows. How I've learned to separate it is because when all the other, um, you know, artists came out, all the other actors came out against, you know, J.K. Rowland's um, words, especially Daniel Radcliffe, I said, okay, I can, I can still love the magic that these people created, you know, that doesn't necessarily... Has anything to do with her anymore. It yawns her because you know, without Danny Radcliffe's acting, there would be no, you know, Harry Potter. So I like to say that
1: Harry Potter saved Harry Potter. And I i agree a hundred percent. And I think for a lot of people, myself included and members of my family on that one, is just it's something where, you know, it's kind of like uh, what is his name? Uh wrote Ender's game, Orson Scott Card. So mm-hmm. Ender's game is literally one of my favorite books i love that book i think it's incredibly well written it's a great story orson scott card is a terrible person and i just you know he's because orson scott card was out when uh, authors didn't really talk a lot to people they didn't have social media they didn't have methods of some of the stuff that comes out of their mouth which is not okay by any stretch of the imagination, but right. it's such a different time when you have somebody who writes this and writes Dumbledore being gay and all these other things and then comes out and you've got to go, okay, somebody take her phone away from her. Like, I don't know <laughs> what happened there, but just, just yeah. take her phone. And I felt like for a moment, a PR firm did get a hold of her and start talking some sense into her. And then I felt like something happened. I don't know what <laughs> but I was like you stopped listening to your PR firm cool, yeah cool, cool. you did and just kind of went off on our own tangent um yeah but,
2: but sidebar since we're already kind of talking about this um have you read all the young dudes no No. oh ah, so it's a wolf star do you know what a wolf star is no a Wolf star is a fanfic mm-hmm. of Yes, yeah, Sirius Black and Remus Lupin. So there's a couple of, oh. there's a couple of wolf stars I just got chills. <laughs> Still, um, so I'm just going to tell you to Google all the young dudes, wolf star. And um, it's out there for free because the person who initially did it obviously doesn't want to get sued by Warner Brothers. <laughs> um, it's actually on Goodreads too. Um, it's freaking amazing. Everyone who's read it has said, this is canon like this is what happens it's basically the story of the marauders so it's it's James it's Peter Sirius and um Remus and just how they and Hogwarts all the way through to the war and James passing away yeah it's so good and Sirius going to jail I mean it's 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 so it's 188 chapters so
1: Yeah. Well, I'm going to absolutely have to find that. I love that we sidebarred our sidebar. We sidebarred the sidebar. Yeah. Okay. Um, What is the first thing that you uh, published? Was it the Harry Potter story was the first thing you actually published Um, fiction-wise? Fiction-wise, it actually was
2: not that. The first thing that I published was a Jack and Ethan story in... Uh, and it's called Bittersweet Irish Cream, and it's on Literotica. um And that was again one of the stories that. This is back when I, I wish I had like all my notes. This is back when I had like spiral notebooks, and I literally have like eight spiral notebooks of this story because I would literally just I would get carpal tunnel because the, the the story would just come in, and I would just like I would just keep writing. It didn't matter where I was. I was one of those people that just kind of like walked around with the spiral notebook, and so um I put it out there and I said "Hmm, I wonder if people like it people freaking love it it's it, it it's it's so amazing um Jack's story he um he I, I don't even know how to how to like start it so it's it's funny because it's Jack and Ethan's story and just kind of their love story but Jack is the one with the crazy past in terms of You know, he, um, his parents were murdered and he's living with his aunt aunt and his uncle in this small town. Um, And Ethan comes to town with his son and, you know, they start this love affair. But what's behind everything is that Jack has been essentially training his entire life to, you know, have revenge on the people that have, you know, killed his parents. And so when the opportunity presents itself, um, you know, him and Ethan get into this like crazy fight over it. Um And Jack ends up leaving. He goes to Ireland because it's it's what he's it's what he's wanted to do since he was ten years old. You, you understand? So, you know, Jack had to make a choice between, you know, avenging his family and or creating the family that he's had with Ethan and Ethan's son. And, you know, people just love it. And so I wrote, I threw out the first part, um, which was about I don't know maybe ninety thousand words, um, and people were like, "You have more, right?" <laughs> and so I said, "Okay." So then I created like a part two, which was like um, you know, the aftermath of when Jack comes back and you know that whole relationship piece, and um, and they end up getting married, and people were like, "Okay, so then what happens next?" <laughs> So I just, it's it's a story that just keeps evolving in my head and I just, it's out there for free. And I threw it out there. They will probably always be out there for free just because it's just one of those stories that, um, I I don't know, I feel like it just needs to be shared with the world. But in writing all these extra stories about um, Jack, you know, Connor's like way in the background of this story because, you know, he's someone that's in the town. Um, Connor's story just came out of nowhere out of that, out of a simple conversation he had with Jack about, you know, hey, I'm 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 seeing this guy, and, you know, and no one knows that Connor's gay, except Jack and a, and a few, few friends, because Connor and, and Jack dated when they were like, you know, teens or whatever. And um, and so Jack is, you know, encouraging him to like, you know, do this. Like, this is amazing, you know. Um, so it's really like a, such a, it's, it's a couple of lines in Jack's story. This is what, ha- this is what happens to me. It's a couple of lines in backstory, story. And a couple of days later, I was like, I think I'm going to expand. I think I'm going to expand on it a little bit. And then it just became <laughs> another, you know, 120 word thing I that think- I put together. And <laughs> I was like, and I don't know what it was about this particular story, but I kept saying okay, this story needs to come out. I don't know why it does, but it just does. It it's a, it's, it has a lot more themes. Jack's story has themes in it, yes, but Connor and Jamel's story has just a little bit more, you know, um, with Connor's, um, you know, racist and homophobic family, um, the whole idea of, you know, him still being in a closet at, you know, 25, 26 years old, um, And him's just kind of like struggling with that. And, you know, and Connor's a bit of a brat. I mean, you know, I've gotten comments about, you know (laughs) how people don't like Connor and I'm like, you're not wrong. He really is a pain in the ass and he's a brat. And Jamel probably should have left his ass, which here goes my other side more. My crazy self started writing the first book from Jamel's perspective and yeah, Jamel probably should have left his ass a long time ago. <laughs> and and Jamel thinks it more than once. Like, this is too much work. <laughs> well, I, okay, let's let's take
1: another sidebar, sidebar, sidebar. I think we're on okay. sidebar number eight. Let's do that. <laughs> Let, I read most, like, my guilty pleasure is reading paranormal romance and different romance stories and male-male romance stories and stuff like that. And I think most of the time they should not be together like there is stuff happening that the other person does that really should be red flags and unforgivable like but part of I think what we all like about these stories is that as much as we go this is a horrible pairing right like this is a terrible (laughs) idea yeah that doesn't mean that it's not how the stories tend to go, you know what I mean, or that we don't enjoy the end result of all that tension and upset and figuring out how they get past that, because yeah. we would hope in our lives that we'd be smart enough but most of us are not most of us have had these relationships too, where we've just sat there for however the blank long you know fuck long that we're like. God, why the fuck did I stay? This is terrible. But if you were oh, yeah. reading this in a book and then Erica, blah, 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 people would be like, <laughs> oh, I don't like Bob, but, you know, I love this story. Yeah. 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 I'm like, I fucking hate Bob. Why did I stay with Bob? Yeah. You know, like, yeah. I, I, I think that's true. And it's, it's funny it's because like, I'm sure it's there real are, life sometimes.
2: Like, yeah. you get into these situations and, you know, you're like, Sometimes, look, you look at your own partner and you're like, how the hell did I end up with this one? Like, (laughs) you know, like, sometimes it's just like that. Like, you know, it's, people think that relationships are supposed to be this, this is, someone told me this before and I thought they were crazy, but I'm not kidding. This movie has ruined us. Like, we think there are, there's supposed to be these fairy tale, you know, prince charmings and these princesses and everybody loves each other and, everyone's happy. And yeah, that's not, that's not real life. Real life is, you know, relationships are tough um, and bringing personalities together and, you know, um, really figuring out if love really is enough. I mean, that's, it's, that's real life. And I, and you know, I think one of the comments that I do get often from a lot of readers is that If there's, there's some unrealistic things, like, you know, some of the stuff that Jack did is like, okay, like, how, how did he not get caught? But for the most part, they're like, like, this is real. Like, I can see myself in this situation or, you know, um, I remember the first time we, um, I read my story to um, one of my best friends who, who is a gay male. And he had said to me, I'm Connor.
1: (laughs) it just made me laugh so hard, like <laughs> well and, and the truth is you know you said something that I think I agree 100% Disney I think fairy tales that don't have realistic like you go back to Hans Christian Anderson fairy tales and those right. kind of fairy tales had a lot of more realism as to what it would be like to get through the difficulty right. and I think that you know, I find this often in relationships, even, you know, I'm, I'm going to be 50 next year, but um, I, you know, talking to people, they forget that once you're in the relationship, you have to work at the relationship, right? Like they <laughs> think it, Oh, you're in it. Then everybody's happy and everything's smooth sailing and you're in it. And I'm like, oh.
0: you're going to say something that you mean one way and they're going to take it another way. And then you got to figure out how do you reconcile a thing that you didn't mean to- <laughs> right like, it spirals and it mimics you know and and that's that's another thing I talk about with people all the time like I write paranormal romance all my creatures are mortal powerful but they're horribly flawed and one of the characters I think it's like in book three he goes oh uh even immortals are not immune from the ailments of man which kind of wow says that heartbreak, grieving, fucking up a relationship, you know, mourning someone who they've lost, those are still very, very important aspects, even even in a, a more supernatural telling. And you get to really draw your audience in because you have a more contemporary, real world setting even. Um, what made you choose like that contemporary setting over fantasy, or is it just how it fell fell from there? Because you even said you started with that fan fiction of yeah. Harry Potter. You went from a mar- magical world to a full on contemporary almost.
2: Yeah, yeah. So Jack's secret, as no one knows, it technically Jack is a wizard, but no one knows that. <laughs> <laughs> because, when, because when I pull Jack's story, Jack and Ethan's story, um. Because Jack was an old lover of Chris, who's who's, you know, with Charlie. Um, you know, <laughs> Chris didn't know that, you know, Jack is technically a, a wizard. wizard from Ireland. You're a wizard, and, Jack. <laughs> yeah. Um, but when I pulled it into the like real world, um, it was like, oh, this is this is more so fantasy is actually more difficult for me. I can sit in one setting and do <laughs> three pages of like detailed erotica. I'm not kidding. Um, fantasy is difficult, so when I pulled it from there, I it, it was easier than what I thought, and that story just kind of flowed um, a lot, a lot better. But I'm I am I'm I'm sticking my 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 toes back into fantasy again um, in two different ways. So. I've been trying forever to change that that, that fanfic into a, um, a different kind of magical world. Obviously, I don't wanna get sued by Warner Brothers. Um, but from there, I've also created um, a YA story of um, Harley's children, twin girls, um, who also have magic. And that's what I did for my first NaNo, um, Nano In case anybody doesn't know what I'm talking about, um, <laughs> I did that maybe two years ago, and um, it came out pretty good, but it's nowhere near um, polished. But I've been I've been trying to expand my writing a little bit to kind of do a little bit more fantasy. I've also had this um, uh, werewolf erotica story that I've been playing around with. Um, and I finally you know who the, you're telling all this to, right?
1: <laughs> these words are coming like, out of your mouth. Where is it? <laughs> yeah, no, it's fine. I'm trying to like, I'm writing like, my about job. that werewolf thing so like, you mentioned? Like. Yeah, I'm yeah, like, that's cool, 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 cool. Where is it? <laughs> where is
2: it? Right? <laughs> yeah, I've been, I've been playing around with, with that a little bit. That's a story that's been in my head for a while. After I read someone else's, um, werewolf erotica story and some of the background characters i was like the background characters for some reason but some of the background characters kind of appealed to me and i was like i wonder both two background characters would ever get together and then i kind of like created a story in my head around it and then i just started writing it like recently so that's nowhere near finished. um
1: that was four that caveat. We, we heard everything, everything up history. until the last thing you just said so it's fine we're moving on <laughs> <laughs> We I'm heard sorry. that story is almost ready. That's what we heard here. On <laughs> okay, <time>. sure, <laughs> sure. <laughs> 2023. Oh my goodness. <laughs> well, you know what's interesting is you talked about fantasy and then we're going to have to take a break as soon as we are done with this sidebar of a sidebar. But you talked about writing fantasy and I think the main difference with writing fantasy is you literally have to sit down and go, cool, how does the magic work? Yes how do the creatures work because so many people have elves in their realm it's almost pretty much unanimously agreed in a lot of high fantasy kind of stories like elves work this way okay but they don't have to they can be house elves they can be this way they can be short little things it's it's almost like you you do the world building and then take your story and shove it into the world once you've laid out how it works and yeah this is from my moonshine advice chair that i'm giving all this <laughs> radical information but no it's from talking to so many authors that talk about shifting especially out of contemporary realms like i already know because i write humorous erotica and it's mm-hmm. contemporary humorous erotica like it's real world it's this there's yeah. nothing you know fantastical except for some of the penis sizes you know like besides that um that's I do that because, and I write horror and I can write a little bit of fantasy, a little magic in the horror, a little paranormal in the horror that I write. Yeah. But my horror and stuff, I very intentionally, cause I don't want to do, and I don't want to do all the world building. Like I'm going to talk uh, about how this serial killer has killed 45 people a certain way, but I'm not going to do all the world building with that. But I think somebody, especially with how you're saying these stories kind of evolve to you. It's almost like you sit down and draw out a map and go, this is my world and add to it and then go, now I'm gonna write this story because you have all the rules that you're writing by. Right, right. And yeah. when I started that, when I started Charlie Weasley's
2: story, some of that world was already there. I mean, we didn't really, it wasn't really the whole world of the dragon, of the, um, dragon reserve there. But I could, I, I literally, I'm not kidding. I, sh- I, sh- I need to bring a notebook. Like I I wrote, I drew out a map of the forest and like where the dragon reserve was like in relation to like where everything else is and how they just kind of came together accidentally because one of the dragons escaped and almost killed Chris. And then, you know, Charlie showed up and saved him. And then Charlie tried to obliviate him. he really liked him, so he didn't do it. And then they started this whole like romance. Anyway, <laughs> <laughs> I, I like, love all of this. <laughs> I like created this. <laughs> you did you like that, Valerie? Yes, um, I, really like, beautiful, beautiful I like beautiful synopsis. I like created this this world, um, that was that was there, and I, I it's it's funny because I don't like loopholes. I don't like someone to eventually say, but that doesn't work because such and such. And that's how my mind thinks, and then I and then I'm still there, and I'm trying to, you know, plug in these loopholes. This is why it's so hard for me because I think you're right. It's that world building that's like, oh, I have to create this world first, and then put my characters in this
1: world, and 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 that. I, I think it's a fantasy, and I mean, Val can talk to this more, and we're gonna <laughs> we're gonna take a break and come back to it. And so you're not talking about it now, Val. You're gonna talk when we come back from the oh, break. Back. Okay, but. I think when I'm reading high fantasy and I'm reading, you know, any stuff like that and I read a, so much of it growing up that was my go to, right? Was when authors did not lay out the rules and you could read that they did not think through something they put in the book on how it works. Yeah. Now it's not horrible being an author now. We all go through these things. But now more than ever, I go, okay, if you're going to do this, you create a rule and you you can bend the rules sometimes, but create the rule. And this is how it works in your world. Right. So maybe people don't fly from wings. They fly from pushing air under their feet and that's how they fly. And they learn how to master pushing air under their feet. Yeah. But if you suddenly then go, Well, then there's wings too. Well, now you need to build in why the hell are there wings suddenly? Instead of it just being a plot device for you to move on. Because I think when it comes to stuff, it can throw you out. But you could go, it's air under your feet and everyone will be totally fine with that as long as (laughs) that rule exists and that you're putting it there and you're not like, well, sometimes they fly because, you know, they, they put their hands to the ground like Iron Man. Well, eventually people will be like, this doesn't make any this sense. This is please. not working. Yeah. 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 So, yeah.
2: yeah.
1: Okay. Yeah. We're going to take a quick break and I told you not to open your mouth now. Oh, I'm biting my tongue I now. You. I'm gonna we're going to take you. a quick break and we will be right back with Drinking with Authors.
2: Everyone these days could use a little support and your friends at the ESO Network are no different.
1: Our sponsor today on Drinking With Authors is Skunk Brothers Spirits. Skunk Brothers Spirits was started by a family of disabled veterans focused on locally sourced quality distilled spirits. Their name was inspired by their pops, who is nicknamed Skunk. Gunk's father was a moonshiner in Oregon back when it wasn't exactly legal. Now the brothers are taking the family business legal with their Washington-based team using their grandfather's prohibition-era moonshine recipe to bring small batch spirits to the gorge and beyond. From the moonshine corn whiskey to the apple pie brandy, all of their spirits are handmade in Washington. Believing they already have the best ingredients in the local community, they work with local farmers and suppliers to produce the highest quality spirits from scratch. You can find them on Facebook at Skunk Brothers and on Twitter at Skunk Rose Inc. Or visit their site www.skunkbrothersspirits.com and use coupon code DWA10 at checkout to read 10% off your order. You can always also ask your local retailer to start stocking Skunk Brother spirits. Regardless of how you get your hands on a bottle or two, grab a drink and don't forget to get skunked. Okay, we're back before Val forgets the dissertation on world peace she was about to give us on the fantasy realms. You you may want to pick that glass up again, SK. I'm just warning you in advance. I'm, I am too. Okay, there you go, Val.
0: Do it. Way to put me on the spot. Jeez. Um, No, when it comes to fantasy and science fiction and, and some of the worlds that people create, you you kind of have to build a Bible, right? But it doesn't mean you can't change the rules or provide loopholes on purpose for plot devices. You just have to know exactly why and it better have a good explanation and backing and pull over so like for instance um like when you first start off in in my Cedric series there's this rule that they can't harm each other or they'll get cursed threefold a similar Mm -hmm. fate right and then you realize as the story progresses that we have a character who's eating other ones and isn't getting kicked back and you're like, what is going on? And as the story progresses, you find out because he's created by the very goddess who created the role on a select few. Okay. He's bypassed, right? And then- you I, like that. I like that. I like that loophole. So you start with like a small group and the group has to play by certain rules. And then as you start, the camera starts to zoom out as the series goes, you realize they're the only ones under this certain ma- type of magic, right? And then you- You can break it down and and adjust it accordingly. So there's different ways you can do it. But that's like one of the ways that I like to do it and that I've seen successfully done even in Full Metal alchemists, They do the same thing where you think this magic is only local to them. And then as it spans out, they find out they're just using a really strange limited version. And they're not even using the full effect of what they could have been doing. So it's it's always interesting. So, but- Um, but you just have to know how you're going to break the rules because I think once you get comfortable with breaking and making rules in confidence it can make a real game changer for any fantasy paranormal writer out there so there's my lecture there's my lecture. (laughs) no it's good (laughs) advice
2: I think uh, I like I said I've been trying to change the story for for a while and I, I need to pull it completely out of the magical world that it's in right now and create my own magical world. And there are rules. I just there just has to be, you know, rules that that make sense. And I'm just it's yeah,
1: it's stumping me a little bit, but eventually it'll 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 get there. And they can be similar rules rules. It's not plagiarizing. I mean people have used one since Merlin. I almost right. said, you know, he's still a you, know? Wizard. <laughs> yeah. you can so, have wands, exactly. you can have whatever, like there are so uh, many different kinds of wizards that you can have. And I think yeah. that from what just, you know, even hearing you talk about your stories, I think the moment you start, you'll probably hit this, we're actually publishing here shortly uh, world building guides. Like that's actually something we're doing because we found authors and I swear I wasn't setting you up for a plug I just thought of that (laughs) but we're we're doing that because we I found a lot of authors get stuck in in the world even even if it's regardless of fantasy paranormal even normal romance or erotica things like because a lot of erotica and romance stories start as you know the smart ones don't I feel like only focus on just two characters forever they start to evolve into the other side characters and some side characters are our favorite characters like i can tell you in the laurel k hamilton anita blake stories the side characters are my favorite characters i have many things i would like to say about anita blake at this moment in time but um like the side characters are my favorite i i talk about this a lot on the podcast that somebody has the barista named bob that they're always talking about that they loved bob and you're like who the hell is bob and then you have to go back in your work and go oh bob's a oh, plot device bob. that i use so that the meet cute can happen but everybody wants to know what happened to bob so <laughs> you i i think a lot of people get stuck sometimes in the world building around their characters even yeah in real world settings like how does it work how do they do the meet cute like what does this little small town of you know uh uh gina showalter writes in a town called strawberry fields i think's the name of the town like she's got Mm -hmm. a sweet romance series and see i do read these for guilty pleasure anybody listening who doesn't think i actually do that i say (laughs) that all the time um but you know she you you can tell she laid out a map of the damn town like where everything is like where the hotels are where Stuff is you gotta do that. You gotta yeah. build the world. So when you're talking about it, you know what you're talking about. Yeah.
2: I literally picked the town off the map when I started the story. Um, I just said, okay, small town in the smallest state, Rhode Island. Okay, let me pick one of these rural areas. Okay, this looks like oh sure, Rockville, Rhode Island. Um, and I <laughs> I just I I had to I built the town. I did. I built the town. I I built where Wincheck Pond is, which is a real place. um, And the farm and the the inn and, you know, and then the neighboring towns. Um, And just recently I took a trip to, um, took a road trip to Boston for the first time. And uh, one of my friend's friends that we went to go see lives lives in Rhode Island. And so I said to her, can we go to Rockville, like, just to, like, see it? Because I want to know, like, am I, like, way off from what I'm thinking in terms of small town? So we never actually made it to Rockville because it was really late and it was really dark and we were going down this really windy road. And I knew the area was rural in general because, like I said, I literally just picked it off the map. Um, But it was way too dark and it was, you know, talk about paranormal. That was, like, a horror story making to happen. And I was like, yeah, I'm going to have to do this in the daytime. Um... But we visited like all the neighboring towns, so you know um, we went through the Allendale area of Providence, where um, where Jamel's from, and we went through West Warwick, which is where Jamel and ends up Jamel and Connor ends up living um, in West Warwick. And so it was just so cool to like go past these areas that I've literally been writing about for years, and I was able to kind of like visit um, visit these areas. But it you know. Just in terms of just building a town, like I sometimes I'm amazed at my own creativity, and I hate to like you know boost myself up and you know. No, but dude, really, don't like, boost like, yourself. I don't mean, think like, it's like nice I'm, I'm amazed at the design. creativity that comes out. Like it's like, oh my gosh, like you know this is actually work this is actually coming together. <laughs> you know this little town that I built and the people and the, and I'm also a big fan of side characters. I mean I just I feel like. I feel like side characters meet, you know, are are the meat of the whole story. Um, I always say like in Jack's story, you know, Liam, his best friend, like I adore, I just adore Liam and just how, you know, Liam just accepts all of Jack's crazy. And now that I'm writing a um, coming of age story with Jack and Connor, um, it's even more so there. Like Liam is just like, okay, Jack is like always punching people in the face. But his best friend is just always trying to keep him out of trouble, you know. Um, so, and then you know, in Connor's story, you know, people have a love-hate relationship with Afia. But you know, the bottom line is Afia is is who keeps Connor grounded. is who saves him from becoming, you know, one of his family members. You know, just racist and homophobic. Well, obviously not homophobic, but you know, just kind of um, a, a bigot in in a, in certain ways. And so, you know. Um, but even, but even outside of that, I mean, so there's a, a character in Connor's story who literally just pops up whenever he pops up because he owns the only good bar in town, um, BJ. And, you know, BJ is there when Connor comes out to his friends and he's like, dude, you could have told us this like years ago. What do you mean? You know? Um, and he's also there when, you know, when his father finds out, Um and BJ is the one that comes out of nowhere and steps between Connor and his father and says, no, no, Staff Sergeant, this is not happening here, you know? And so like, it's like these background characters are like the, what do you call, unsung heroes sometimes of, you know, of these main characters and, and who they need to build them up. Like, you know, they wouldn't be who they are without these side characters or background characters. And that's all part of, creating that world and creating that story and you know building up
1: some of their stories too so anywho I can go on and on (laughs) no it's your podcast you can go on all you want that's the cool (laughs) part about being here you can just keep talking and we can just sit here and drink that's that's yeah we can drink drink and we know things don't test me (laughs) oh trust me I'm the least judgy person you will ever meet (laughs) unless it's Jane Austen (laughs) (laughs)
0: Wait, regarding don't like that would happen. Do, she doesn't. I I'm wait. like, meh, I get it, but like it's not my jam. I'm more, I'm more into, like I said, I'm more into the paranormal. You know, a, a lot of people love it. There's a lot of stuff like I
1: this is the thing I love about writing, truly, and being a reader. But writing and being a reader is this all of us write on this particular podcast we've all talked about we all write different things right there are going to be people that absolutely sk love the hell out of your stuff and they will not go anywhere near one of my horror stories in a million (laughs) years like they they won't but then there are going to be the people that are huge horror fans that are going to think both of the things you both write are foofy and boring right yeah (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and they're like, We're, we don't want kissy stuff. Why didn't somebody die more? You know, like they're, they're dead. Right. I'm not saying people don't get killed in your books, Val. Don't start down a whole tangent, but I'm just saying they're not horror books. Like, yeah. you know, and there, so there are all kinds of different things. And that's, what's great about being a reader and also being a writer is we have an audience that loves our stuff. And then there's the rest of the fucking world. Who cares about them, right? That <laughs> we're not their thing. And the same with reading. There's I read so many different things. And I, I think a lot of us as readers in general do. Like, I love biographies. I think biographies are fantastic. I love true crime. I love At the same time, I love sweet romances at times and male, male romances and male, male high fantasy. Oh, I love that. That's one of my favorite things recently. (laughs) Uh, And, you know, so all kinds of different things, paranormal, you know, and that's the great thing is that there's somebody out there writing books that will entertain us. And that's what we're doing too. We're writing books that are going to entertain people and whether yeah. it's going to be everybody no and i think it's 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 awesome the amount that you've written is amazing the amount Val's written is amazing like it's amazing that you've had this great audience reaction to your things even if they're like connor's cr- uh, uh. <laughs> you know? but i'm telling you there is a connor fucking fan club out there the thing oh is there is the greatest character i used to get i'm not kidding i used to get anonymous emails from people that was this is
2: what made me like, end up like, you know, like saying, okay, Connor's story needs to come out there. I used to get anonymous emails that would be like, I need more drunk Connor in my life. Because when Connor drinks, he's a complete asshole. So like, people are like, I need more drunk Connor in my life. Like Connor is like, you know, so I, I get these anonymous emails and they crack me up because I can't like respond to them. But yeah, even though, and in the same breath, then someone will write like, on the page you know because you can comment after every chapter on literatica they are be like oh my god i can't stand connor you know this and that and blah blah, blah. and so i say to myself is that the same person
1: <laughs> <laughs> probably not you'd be amazed like i think it's great when an author also hears how much somebody likes a particular character oh yeah because then you can take that character and do something so magical with it if you decide to, because it's got an audience. It's got the character itself has a fan club yeah. and they want to see more and want to see the journey. And maybe they just want to see him being a butthead all the time, which is fine too. But they've obviously, they might be the Connors of their relationship, or they may be in a relationship with the Connor and are like, this is <laughs> to like, partner. <laughs> yeah, definitely. You know, that can absolutely be a thing. Val, do you I realize I've done a lot of talking and I you've you've been I awfully quiet over there. Look, well
0: it's because the mother-in-law's dog's barking in the background, and I don't know if you guys can hear it. So I'm like, no? Oh my god. <sighs> I'm like, I'm like that's why I kept making faces. <laughs>
1: I just thought you were being paranoid and weird. I was not gonna comment until <laughs> we were out of the <laughs> podcast.
0: Oh, no. So a lot of people sometimes ask me, uh, I want to get into writing and, but I'm nervous and I don't know if anyone will like my story or the way I tell or the way I write. And I always recommend, I'm like, start with fan fiction, you know, go to a fan fiction site, start there because there's nothing you don't write over there that can't be converted into your own world in some means or way. Because character development, dialogue, the way you tell a story, the, that's all you. You're just using your a bouncing board to help fill in the gaps that are a little more difficult. That takes being more confident in the other side before taking that deep dive. How impactful has lit erotica and fan fiction sites been? Because you talk, that's where you, you started. And it's not very often I get a chance to kind of say, hey, this is this is a prime example. Yeah. of someone who took that chance, got some amazing feedback and response from readers. Um, and you've talked a little bit about that, but I would love for you to expand, like what made you finally take that brave step, the post on there? Wh- how hard of a decision was that? Yeah. And and things like that.
1: So I'm really actually- 12 questions at the same time. I'm okay. sorry. Yeah, that's okay, I can questions.
0: answer all
1: 12. Okay. Um, <laughs> I give <laughs> her the mic for one minute, I swear.
2: <laughs> Never again. I, um I was, I was, uh, I was lurking on Um I didn't have a, first I didn't have a, um, you know, I didn't, I didn't sign in because you can just read stories for free. You don't have to sign in. And so at first I would just kind of like read stories for free. Like seriously, like I'd be in the dark with like my tablet and like reading these like, you know, <laughs> erotic stories. Um, and then I would, then I, started commenting anonymously on them. Um, and I really celebrated like just kind of like other writers and stuff. What made me do it? I don't know. A bit of crazy. Um, I'm, also, I'm also someone who I, I've never really been, that's not true. I've been afraid to throw myself out there. But I'm someone who is like, just do it. Just do it. Just do it. Just do it. And so I did that for probably about six months. Um, while I was writing Jack's story and I ended up throwing something else out there it was completely, something different. It's like a, a short story kind of thing. Um, and I got some reviews and, you know, people liked it a little bit and I was like, all right, I was going to throw Jack's story out there and, and see what happens. Um, and so the first story I wrote out, I, I threw the first chapter of Jack's story out there. And the first comment I got was, um, this is stupid. I'm not kidding. That was the first comment I got. This is stupid, and I was like, "Ah, shit! <laughs> I'm not doing this anymore." And then I didn't look at it again. Um, and then I came back and had like four more comments that said, "This isn't stupid. This, isn't, this is a great start. This is an amazing start. Keep going." And I was like, "Okay." <laughs> so then I, I so then I started throwing other other chapters out there. So, you know, I. The thing about these sites, the like Literatica. Um, uh, well, Wattpad, um, what's the, the, the one that all, all the young dudes are on, I keep forgetting with, at that is going, but that's another site just people just kind of like, can write, um, information, whatever stories they want to write on it. Um, there's also a lot of encouragement out there. There's other writers out there. They're encouraging other writers to say, Hey, your work is good. You know, do this, you know, um the first group sex story that I put on the erotica um and so I ended up doing it because it was in the middle of the pandemic and I was sent home <laughs> and so now I'm home with a laptop and which is very dangerous for me and so I started writing this group sex story about you know this this group of three people who just got, in, got quarantined for two weeks and what are you going to do with being stuck in a cabin for, you know, for two weeks? And so when I started writing that, um, I put it out there and I got a lot of good feedback. I also got a lot of uh, interesting people telling me their group sex stories. So that was interesting. But I also had someone who said like, your writing is really good and it needs to be proofread. Can I proofread it for you? And put it back out there. And I was like, that's so freaking cool. People do that? And so, um, and then started kind of this relationship with this kind of random person I'll probably will never meet. Um, but, you know, the encouragement that happens on these stories because everyone's just, everyone's kind of doing the same thing. You know what I mean? Like everyone's also just kind of like putting themselves out there and seeing what the world does with it. And so I've gotten more positive feedback and constructive criticism from other writers that encouraged me to keep going. Um, So I would say, I agree with you. I think starting out small in, you know, one of these, one of the sites um, that allows you to write for free, I say, just kind of just put your first thing out there and see the response that you get, Um, because you're right. Not everyone's gonna like all of your stuff. Not everything on Literatica that's there is, you know, five stars, you know? Um, That's okay, (laughs) you know?
1: Um,
0: that's it. And what
1: you're saying can be very true because one of the things I constantly talk about um, is that, you know, you have these stories that go up there. And I love that a proofreader reached out to you and said, hey, hey, do you want me to proofread your stuff? Or goes out. I think that's brilliant because I also think the side effect is a lot of authors. Don't necessarily realize the steps when they do stuff like that. They're like putting their work out there, and not everybody reaches out to go. Um, so you switch tenses like ten times in this. So <laughs> we're we're not sure. Also, whether this is first, third, first again. You know, twelve people perspective. Like we're not actually sure what perspective you're telling the story from. And I think it does give you practice. For doing it and it's kind of like yeah. having a little bit of a critique group that yes. you know is out there kind of going um hey fun story this is this would be great or you know how you know yeah. anyway basically i th- i think that it can be great and it does give you that taste of the feedback on your story as long as you're prepared to take it because that's the other thing that's like, the other you know, thing yeah Yeah, you got to remember that not every every word we write is a a golden snowflake. And right. Yeah, I wish it it, it was sometimes it's it's like a drop of really dirty rainwater that nobody (laughs) wants to touch with a little bit. I'm
2: actually I'm very much I will admit I even put like in my bio on the I am awful at proofreading my own stuff because I see it in my head and I'll write it down and, you know, Form and from.
1: You know what I mean? Like <laughs> well, and and that's here. the ice, that's the iceberg of the story. We've got the entire <laughs> right. thing and where they're coming from. And sometimes we forget to put all the words on the paper. Like, exactly. 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 You know, so uh um, and I tell I tell authors this all the time. Sometimes you can help yourself by like changing the font and the size of the font to something completely yeah, ridiculous yes. and different. Like, Something. and then you can catch some of it but even reading it we already know where it's going like i don't think we're good at reading our own we're not <laughs> we're like has, i already know where this is going
0: word has
2: right a, out, who can't even miss an entire line
0: <laughs> yeah yeah i use uh words read out loud feature and I'll my husband does out. that yes and i'm like wait what did she say <laughs> what did she say like that's not a sentence that's just like that's not a thing yeah that's not a thing that's not how we say i
1: tease Val all the time i'm like those are just sounds you're just making sounds those aren't (laughs) even words like (laughs) they're just vowels you put a bunch of vowels on the page but i (laughs) i i I love your so let's let's talk a little bit about the sexy series you have behind you oh yeah so because I know you have more than just behind you, so.
2: Ew. Um, I don't know if it's showing up backwards. It's it's showing up oh, correctly. Yeah. Okay. Um. So hidden love. Um, like I said, it was birthed from Jack's two lines in Jack's story. Um, Connor is a um small town guy, and went into the Marines. Um and when he came home from the Marines, um, he started dating men exclusively. Um, and when I say dating, which you see in book three, he'll tell everyone, dating is a bit of a stretch. It was more like having a lot of relation, sexual relationships. Um, and friends that's-
1: benefits.
2: Lots of friends, I don't even want to call them friends. Uh, lots of acquaintances- I benefits. use the term friend very loosely. <laughs> Um, And, you know, on the surface, you know, people, people think that Connor has it all together. I mean, he comes from a great family, Um, you know, no one really knows he's gay. They all think he's like dating his best friend, um, who basically has been cut for him literally since he was like 17 years old. Um, And, you know, he, he is the way he is for a lot of reasons. Um, but, you know, it just kind of stems from a lot of trauma that he's been through growing up, um, a lot of trauma he's been through in the war, you know, so, you know, by the time the story begins, he's twenty five years old. He's, you know, sowing his royal oaks out there. He's, you know, just just he's not looking for anything but at the time. Um, and Jamel is kind of the opposite. I mean, Jamel is twenty eight. And he's also been home a couple of years. He's in, he's an army vet. Um, he's been home a couple of years and he's really looking for something a little bit more meaningful. And, um, you know, when they meet initially, you know, you know Connors really just wants to, you know have a good time with Jamel. Um, but Jamel really forces him to want more for himself you know, than that, like, you know, want love and respect and appreciation and, you know, all of the things that he doesn't really quite understand why Connor is not looking for those things. Um, So, I mean, a lot of things come out, you know, as to why Connor is the way he is, you know, uh, I I talk about it in different ways, but, you know, the, the bottom line is, you know, he's still under the thumb of his father who is abusive. And, you know, book one, fun fact, Valerie probably always knows this, book one and book two was one story. And I had to, um, I had to break it up into two parts because of this, because it was this thing, because it was was too long. And, um, but that was hard for me to do that because the story flowed right into each other. Um, it's, it's over a three year span of them being together. And so, um, you know, being with Jamel, Connor grows up, you know, and, and not just, you know, in terms of relationships, but just in, just in the way that he looks at things and the way he sees himself and the way he treats his friends and, you know, um, you know, just, he, he gains a a sense of pride in himself and a sense of self-confidence that he just never thought that he would ever have, you know, um being told that you're shit the majority of your life kind of does that to you, you know? So um so Jamel really, really changes him and helps him to to grow up. And so one of the questions that I've gotten recently was, well what the fuck does Connor do for Jamel? <laughs> you know? Um, and to that I say, you know, and this is why partly why I started writing it from, from Jamel's perspective, you know, when Jamel meets Connor, you know, he's also intrigued by him and it's a bit of a challenge, you know, and, you know, he's kind of an alpha male himself and he likes a bit of a challenge He's just to kind of see, okay, so how far can this relationship really go? You know, if I put my all into it and, um, you know, Connor shows up ways of shows up in ways for Jamel that Jamel has not really experienced before, you know, someone that really like wants to be with him, you know, because he's a you know he's six five he's fucking gorgeous. He's six five, you know what I mean? Or he's six, <laughs> six three you know, dark chocolate, muscle bound. I mean people look at Jamel and you know they think he's about being a good time and Jamel is kind of the opposite. He's kind of an introvert. He kind of just wants to just kind of just, you know, just chill. Um, and when he gets into relationships, you know, and he makes it known that, no, 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 I really do want a relationship. It's like, it doesn't, it doesn't pan out in a safe way for him, but, you know, you know Connor shows up for Jamal emotionally um, and, you know, mentally and, you know, the fact that he has, you know, devoted all his time and attention you know, to Jamel and Jamel only, you know, that it means the world to him. You know, the fact that he's embraced his family the way that he has, um, you know.
1: it's, you're, it's... You're, you're not allowed to give away anymore. Okay, so sorry. <laughs> cut you off. Stop giving away more. Okay. But how many books are out in this series? Inquiring minds want to know. So when I wrote the series,
2: it is, like I said, this was one. And then I wrote another one, which ends up being the last two books. And then I wrote one in the middle, like in 20, what year is this? Jeez, 2020, in the, in 20, <laughs> 2021 is when I wrote the middle part. So it was three, but technically now that I've expanded it, it's actually five books in the series and they're already written they're just coming out like every five to six months.
1: That's super exciting. What are we doing after that? Inquiring minds want to know.
0: (laughs) Erica wants to know.
1: so I do have another series.
2: Haven't told Valerie this yet. I do have another series, another MM series that I wrote um, the first book, but I have not sat down and wrote book two. That's supposed to be another three-part series. And it's, it's, completely different setting it's it's a two two people meet on a plane you know going to london uh, for different reasons um and they end up sitting next to each other on a plane and 7 hours is a long time on a red eye and they get to know each other um and um you know uh nick invites um how did i forget
1: my character's name um <laughs> i would um, like to introduce you to pacific rim it's right, the one right. he's not giving. <laughs> um,
2: you know, um, you know, uh, Nick invites Rion back to his hotel just to say, like, hey, you know, have a place to stay for the month. I'm only here for, and Nick is a rich guy. He's like, I'm only here for a, a, a week. You know, you can have a place for the month. And, you know, but of course, the love story ensues from that. Um, so that's another very interesting. Series that's going to. So,
1: what is the name of that series that's going to be coming out soon? <laughs> um,
2: it is called A Plain and Simple Connection. With oh, the yes. play on Love the it. words plain. Yeah. And it's already copyrighted. Well, that, it <laughs> that down
1: out loud. because they can't. that down. Send an email immediately following this yeah, episode. So I have, to, I have okay. to
2: throw that submission out to Four Horsemen. Um, but I've been so busy with you know writing, you know, getting these books out. Um, I threw one of my free stories on um, I Love for Micah. It's, it's a free story that's on Literatica, but I just packaged it and threw it on Amazon just to see what it would do. Um, so that's out there. I'm still writing the fourth part of Jack's story. That's gonna be out there next year. But the problem is because Jack and Connor's story entwine so much, I can't put it out there before book three comes out because the part, the first part of book, part four for Jack's story starts after, um, you know, a few years into Jack and um, Connor and Jamel's relationship. Because they, they become all friends. They become like, you know, they hang out with each other. Jack and Ethan and Jamel and Connor, um, you know, if you read book two, you know, they were, you know, Connor, um, is when Connor introduces uh, Jack to um, to Jamel, and the four of them just become like really good friends. So, um, and that it shows. Is exciting. It is. You've got it's so much so stuff coming it's out. So, good, so, so, so how good. do people stalk you
1: on the interwebs?
2: Yes. Um, you can stalk me at sk underscore Kaba underscore author, um, on Instagram. I'm also it's the same on Facebook. Um, I've been told that I need to get a TikTok at some point. I loathe TikTok,
1: but well, TikTok is you, you don't need it. I will just tell you the TikToking is a commitment. And I say that to all authors I know. And not I just, on it I, yet. You have to you have to do the ticking and the talking daily, pretty much. So <laughs> if you're not prepared to do the talking daily, I'm not, you gotta do not
2: do it. Ask me again in the spring. I don't know. Just you know, a little crazy. Gotcha. But, and then you can always email at skkabah at gmail.com. Like people randomly email all the time. I got someone who read the book, book two on Book Sprout as an art, literally emailed me and said, I just had to like, I just want you to know that I gasped because I left you guys at a cliffhanger. that I gasped at the end of book two. And I said,
1: no, she did. Just like that. Up. <laughs> so I love that out people are telling yeah.
2: me like about these stories. So, and if you email me, I will absolutely write you back because I'm just that kind of person. Like I, you know, email me, um, and I will write you back, and I'll include you in my newsletter. And so, people in my newsletter get first tips. I mean, in my newsletter people saw the cover before it came out, and they got the first snippet before I put it out there, um. And they know some of the stories that I'm putting together before I even, before I tell anyone else, some of these things that I haven't, that I'm telling you guys now, if you had my newsletter, you would know this already, about this, you know, upcoming werewolf story. And stuff. you would already,
0: you'd be a way to call everybody ready. out on that one. <laughs> yeah,
2: okay. Well done. Yeah. So yeah. <laughs> join my newsletter and, you know, keep in contact with me on Instagram and, you know, promote my stuff. If you, if you really feel like you, you know, you are enjoying the work that I'm doing, you know, or review on Amazon or Goodreads or Barnes and Nobles, um, you know, send me a, a, a message so I can put up an editorial review of some of the things that, you know, you really like about it. Tell me that you hated book two. I got one who told me I hate book two because I felt like I really didn't understand. That was the one that was like, you know, I didn't understand like why and why Connor and Jamel are together because I feel like Jamel is Connor is selfish, and uses Jamel, and I'm so sick of it. And I was like, tell me how you really feel. And then we just kind of talked that through. And she's like, you know, thanks for putting it all perspective for me. She still can't. Say, I mean, literally, if you go on Amazon, she like wrote that review, and I love it. Like. <laughs> I love it, and she's yeah. like, the writing is awesome, but I can't stand Connor.
1: Cool. Like <laughs> Oh my god, I love every bit about that. I love that. I love that so much. So yeah, SK, you have been thoroughly amazing to have on this podcast. Thank you oh, so much thank for joining you for us. For inviting me, this is fun. Absolutely. I didn't Absolutely. Get to
2: Look, I didn't finish. Let me finish first. <laughs> and now we're
1: done that's what
0: she thinks until literally. oh you're
1: saying that part. but we have a whole other podcast to do so that's yeah. all
0: that that's questions after this madam
1: oh that's all true. right fine let's get it done
0: <laughs> okay guys this has been
1: drinking with authors i've been your host erica lance my co-host has been valerie willis Thank don't guys. forget to like subscribe and leave a review we would love to hear what you think SK will absolutely comment back on anything you post on the YouTube or, you know, any of the podcast channels and we will see you guys next time. Bye.
0: This has been a broadcast of the ESO network. Be part of the crew and help support our shows by donating to our ESO Patreon or by shopping for the T public store, which can all be found at www.esonetwork.com. The ESO network. Your station for all things geek.